Winning season returns at mybookie.ag, and it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower, ba-boom, to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the week season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on-site to make winning this season your best ever with my bookie. With a historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than my bookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing and sign up with my bookie and use our promo code ZABE. That's Charlie Zulu. Alpha Bravo Echo to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code ZABE and making your first deposit today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie, and when you win, get paid. Today on the ZABEcast, a rock'em, sock'em, blockbuster Saturday in college football. It's in the books. What's left standing and who will have the inside track for the playoffs? Andy Poland joins me to talk about John Gruden's racist email and what will the league do about it. That plus why a broadcast booth of old dudes ain't the worst thing in the world. Your 30-minute uncensored Zabe Express is locked and loaded, so buckle up, man. Let's go. <laughs> Here we go. So he's doing a lot of pushing. Oh, right oh, right oh, oh, Wilder! Get on the side! Douglas Fury! That was Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, Roman numeral three, which some said, why are we doing this again? Fury has won the first two. This is not how it works in boxing. Well, apparently it was worth it. And now they're talking about a Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder four because of how that boxing match went down. Hello, everybody, and welcome to an Express Monday edition here of the ZabeCast. 30 minutes in and out, get you up to speed on what you need to hear. Andy's coming on in just a second. We're here for a good time, not a long time. More on the fight in just a second. Before I get to Andy, join me for the Packers versus the Washington football team for what I'm calling the final goodbye tailgate. We've got a select number of tickets and tailgate passes to the game. 275 bucks gets you a guaranteed ticket to the game with me and the group, plus a three-hour unlimited food and drink tailgate at the Bart Star Plaza overlooking Lambeau Field. If Lambeau has been on your bucket list for a while, take it off the bucket list and do it with me against the team of my youth, which I'm sort of saying farewell to because there's really not much left. 
to that team, honestly. And there'll be a new name next year like the Commandos. Call 866-454-4514 to secure your spot today. Limited number of tickets. This will sell out. Come help me say farewell to what's left of that boyhood team, the former team known as the Redskins, against the Packers in one of the most legendary venues in all of sports, Lambeau Field. Sunday, October 24th at noon. Saturday night, get-together in Green Bay, still being formulated a post-game tailgate, gloating and tears, one for the road sort of get-together still also being uh, put together, but we'll have that done probably by the end of the week. Don't dawdle. It is the final farewell, the final goodbye tailgate. 866-454-45-14. Hello. Hello, Andy. That actually posted up pretty good right there. I am so sorry on a Sunday morning to be taking away from your jolly old London NFL game between the Jets and the Falcons. I know it was tough to pry yourself away from that. How's it going? Yeah, Three nothing okay. Atlanta. <laughs> you know my uh, my nephew is an assistant trainer with the Falcons. So really? How about that? Yeah. Had no idea. And uh, how's that going out? How's that working out? I should say. Uh, he's been there a few years, and uh, he's happy with his job. Not exactly happy with the performance of the team in the last few years, but uh, yeah. likes what he does. What's his goal to be a head athletic trainer at some point? Yeah, I think so. Right. And then to be raided by the FBI. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> by the way, the Washington football team put a second guy on administrative leave now. Yeah, I know. And, and uh, when the initial reports came out, they said that uh, Ryan Vermillion was not in any way uh, related to his actions were not in any way related to the team. Now here's someone else with the team also. Uh, <laughs> Is there anything about this organization that isn't hopelessly rinky-dink? I don't know. I mean, uh, earlier this week, Ron Rivera, in his weekly appearance on WJFK, was asked about the black cloud that he seems to be under. And he says, well, we we try to get out of it, but we don't seem to be able to do that. Wow. So he even admitted there was a black cloud. I thought he would have said, what black cloud? I see yeah. sunshine and blue skies. No, I mean he's you know he's not going to say whether there's any admission of guilt on you know for Vermillion, but yeah, I mean there's no denying that when your head trainer is uh, investigated by the FBI, uh, that's not a good thing. No, not a good thing at all. So, did you first before I get to the college football? Did you watch the fight last night? It would have cost money. I'm assuming the answer is no. No, but I did watch the highlights, and I am impressed to see that someone who has a body who looks like he might be in the Schwitz at the JCC uh, <laughs> won a fight. <laughs> Do you know that uh, Tyson Fury used to be 350 pounds? I'm not surprised. I mean, he's he's got he's got a body that um, you know any 70 year old would envy. It's <laughs> and he's and he's lost like a hundred pounds. And he, he was calling out Deontay Wilder before he lost all the weight, apparently, and said, I'm coming for you. And he did. Yeah. Pretty inspirational. Here's the thing. I saw the highlights as well. I didn't pay for the fight because, you know, who's going to pay? I got to have friends to be with to watch mm-hmm. the fight. You know, I don't have friends. I don't live near friends, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it was late as well. I don't know what time it went off, but it was probably midnight or something like that. But here's right. the thing. I watched the highlights and I'm like, okay, 
I can see why people are raving about the fight. Uh, Fury, the winner, got knocked down twice. How often does anyone who ever gets knocked down actually win a fight? Very I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's it's. Uh, I'm sure it's happened. Uh, Muhammad Ali was knocked down uh, once or twice during his career and won fights, but it doesn't happen very often. Right. But that said, these were two mastodons stumbling and grabbing and throwing wild punches, some of which landed, others missed badly. It was not, as Howard Cosell would say, the sweet science of pugilism. <laughs> yeah, or the advertisement of the uh, for the, <laughs> the abolition of the sport itself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but there's something about a heavyweight fight, Andy, that cannot be matched by middleweights, cruiserweights, even light heavyweights. Heavyweight fighting is still a draw. Oh, look, I, I, I've said this many times. I'm 63 years old. There has been no bigger event in my lifetime than Ali Frazier won. The buildup right. to it, the fight itself, the aftermath, which led to two subsequent fights. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I miss those days when boxing was a big deal. And sometimes you could see a heavyweight fight a championship fight on TV, not pay-per-view. I mean, actual real TV, but that doesn't happen anymore. And the accepted wisdom is that only the discards of society end up going down the fight route. So the best athletes will migrate to other sports that have much better financial futures and less brain damage possibility than, say, boxing. So you get a Tyson Fury, you get a Deontay Wilder. These guys are sort of in the fringes of the athletic world. Well, also, you don't know these guys. I mean, you used to see Muhammad Ali fights on Wide World of Sports. Uh, You don't see these guys. Through the ranks, yeah. Right, and so you don't have any. And and the heavyweight champion of the world, that used to be a major deal. That that was, was, and, and I don't think. If you walked around town today and asked who's the heavyweight champ, I don't think you'd have 10 people who would tell you it's Tyson Fury. Yeah. If there could be a new Mike Tyson, a charismatic heavyweight, American preferably, boy, he would own the world. He would have endorsements left and right. Except that that boxing is sort of off the radar. People don't pay as much attention to it. And, and, you know. But if if you had a modern Tyson... In today's media environment, yeah, he'd be huge. Yeah, you might. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens from here. There could be a fourth fight. If there is a fourth fight, and I buy it, can I come to your house to watch? <laughs> I'd have to be up. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> can, can I film me? Can I film myself waking you up for social media? That'd be a funny bit. It'd be like, Shh, Andy. Andy, the fight's on now, and you're like under the covers going, leave me alone. I'll tell you what, if they put it on at 7 o'clock at night, Ron. Uh, I've told you this story before, maybe, that uh, at the Super Bowl in Atlanta, I think it was 2000, uh, you had Tyson had a fight in London, and so it was being televised at 6 o'clock, and I believe it was not pay-per-view. It couldn't have been pay-per-view. And for whatever reason, Muhammad Ali came to the media hotel to watch the fight. And everybody followed him into the press room like the Pied Piper. And he sat down and he he watched the fight. There were two people that came over to him that he knew and he talked to. One of them was Jerry Eisenberg, who's like 90 now and covered all of his fights. And the other was John Saraceno. And uh, and I stood next to Andy Rooney of 60 Minutes 
watching all of this wow. take place. Yeah, it was amazing. You hold on a second. You stood next to Andy Rooney. Yeah. Mm. Did you and talk to him? I did. And oh, I, said, I always <laughs> thought you were like the spirit animal of Andy Rooney. No, a somewhat I, cynical. You ever wonder why? Yeah. So <laughs> he used to he used to get the CBS press pass every year and go to the Super Bowl. I I know I had him on Radio Row at least a couple of times. I don't know. Again, maybe it wasn't with you, but he would come over and sit down and you know talk about his love for the New York Giants. And uh, you know he certainly could afford tickets to the Super Bowl, but he took the press pass, and so he's standing next to me, and we're watching Muhammad Ali and everybody, you know, looking at him in this godlike way. And he said, "What is all the fuss about him?" And I said, "Well, it's Muhammad Ali." And he said, "Well, that doesn't answer my question." <laughs> With Andy Rooney, one of the things we can be sure of over the July Fourth weekend is. That- With that, Andy emerged from the shadows to begin his long run as the last word. On 60 Minutes. Have you noticed how often we're warned? Add hand movements. His whiny, inquisitive voice. Will you please tell me why the... And the demeanor of an unmade bed. This is what I look like in real life. You surprised? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, can you imagine Andy Rooney during the pandemic? Oh, my. He would have a field day. He would say, how come Jamie Erdahl is the only one wearing a mask talking to... <laughs> Dude, to, to Jimbo Fisher in a sea of humanity after the upset Alabama. That was, yeah. that was so dumb last night. So let's get to the college football. What an earthquake Saturday it was. Not only do does Nick Saban and Alabama go down to Texas A&M, hold that thought, but Ole Miss Arkansas, wild finish. Arkansas goes for the two and the dagger win with zeros on the clock, and they fail, and they lose 52-51. Texas or Oklahoma rallies to stun Texas. Iowa does the same to Penn State. Notre Dame scores 11 unanswered in the fourth to nip Virginia Tech down at Blacksburg. And Michigan holds off Nebraska. Wow, what a day. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of Oklahoma, Texas, and the Ole Miss Arkansas game back and forth. That was spectacular. Uh, yeah. Just, just, just unbelievable. Once the Maryland game became a ridiculous blowout, I watched a lot of that. Uh, the later games I didn't see as much of. I saw some. I saw a lot of the Penn State Iowa game. Uh, but it was as memorable a Saturday for college football as I can remember. But it seems like we say that every week. I know. <laughs> well, the, here's the thing. I think the big headline is uh, the demise of college football is greatly exaggerated, right? That well, people still love to gather and wear their school colors and root to beat state and the traditions and the rivalries and everything else still going as strong as possible. I can't think of another sport that hasn't had major rule changes that's changed as much as college football. For example, college basketball, we now have the three-point shot, and most importantly, we have the shot clock, which we didn't have until the mid-'80s. Um, baseball is is relatively the same, though it's changed a lot with the way they use pitchers and uh, the way the uh, strategy is for launch angle and things like that. Pro football relatively the same it's more of a passing game they've changed the rules but college football they haven't you know what you see now versus what we saw in the game 50 years ago it is night and day i mean a quarterback who threw the ball that was highly unusual right Uh, a lot of teams especially this oklahoma texas game 
that used to be a game that was over in like two hours and 10 minutes yeah. because both teams ran the wishbone. Wishbone, wing tee, exactly. And there was like seven yeah. passes. It's like an Army-Navy game of, of yeah. today, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- that has changed. Obviously, there's now overtime. Um, a lot of things have changed, but I'm just talking about the basic spectacle. Here was Iowa as they finally overcame Penn State and they stormed the field. Ah, the great Gus Johnson. It's not heaven. It's Iowa. Iowa's having quite a year, by the way, because they they had the Field of Dreams game, which was great. Now their team is arguably going to be second in the country behind Georgia. I I don't know what the rankings will be. It's too early on Sunday morning. It looks like it could be Georgia, Iowa, Cincinnati as your one, two, three, with Alabama slotted in at four because they lost, but it took a lot to beat them. You know, there's going to be somewhere down the line a Georgia-Alabama game, whether it's in the national championship or whether it's before that. But it's going to happen. It's it's inevitable. But, yes, uh, to see Cincinnati up that high, that's that's an incredible story. I mean, <laughs> of all places, that's, that's like the middle of nowhere for all sports. Right. The only time it, w- it was really the center – of the universe was when the Reds had those great teams in the seventies. Right. But otherwise it's, it's, you know, it's yeah. backwater for, for sports. That's, that's, that's truly remarkable. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's an amazing year, but it, it just goes to show you the way these games are played now and the ability to come back, as you mentioned, you know, with Notre Dame down 11 and come back, the ability to score quickly, you can have these crazy upsets all the time. And that's what happens. There's a number of streaks that finally came to an end in that Alabama A&M game. First and foremost, Alabama had been 100 straight against unranked opponents. A&M, mm-hmm. because of an injury to their starting quarterback early in the year and a couple losses, they were 3-2, and two, so they were unranked. But obviously formidable, especially at home. A 100-game winning streak, that's done. There was an 80-game streak in which Nick Saban had won against teams that he was a double-digit favorite against. They were minus 10 in this one. That's gone. And there was a 24-0 and record that was perfect against his former assistants, which finally came to an end. I saw that graphic, and I said, holy shit, nobody's beaten them ever? And the answer is... Nope, not until yeah, now. Well, eventually it had to end because not only does he bring guys in on their way up, he brings them back for the rehab tour. So right. so, sooner or later, one of those guys was going to have a team to beat him, though this but, is a surprise. surprise. But the fact there were so many, like I, I, I knew he had a streak against Jimbo Fisher. I didn't know that Derek Dooley was 0-3, Kirby Smart was 0-3, Jim McElwain was 0-3, Will Muschamp was 0-3, Pruitt, Mark Mark D'Antonio, Lane Kiffin (laughs) (laughs) 0-2. And he, oh, Saban is going to be hell on wheels this week in practice. God help those kids wearing Alabama (laughs) Crimson. They are in for a fucking week. (laughs) How about, by the way, what Oklahoma did? Yes. They have they have Spencer Rattler, who I believe at the beginning of the season was in uh, discussion for the Heisman Trophy. Correct. They benched him, and they won the game with this kid who went to Gonzaga. Right. And, and, and so 
I saw I saw something somebody put out on Twitter. He says, watch what happens next year. Urban Meyer to USC, Spencer Rattler in the portal tra- transfer portal. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be totally shocked. By the way, here was Nick Saban earlier in the offseason about Jimbo Fisher's boast that he was going to beat him. Your friend Jimbo said yesterday that um, at some point while you're in Tuscaloosa, he was going to beat your butt. That wasn't the word that he used, but did you have any response for that? In golf? (laughs) (laughs) I think you you met on the football field. (laughs) In golf? Well, he finally got you there, old uh, old uh, uh, Nick Saban. Jimbo. So there you go. Jimbo got you in this time. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning season returns at mybookie.ag, and it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower, ba-boom, to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the week season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on-site to make winning this season your best ever with MyBookie. With a historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than MyBookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing and sign up with MyBookie and use our promo code ZABE. That's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code ZABE and making your first deposit today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie, and when you win, get paid. All right, so that said, with the college football world seemingly flatter than ever, those who are still pretenders are sadly just that. Your Terps, Andy, losers 66-17 to to Ohio State, second straight week in which the cream of the Big Ten reminded Maryland, you still ain't shit. How do you take a loss like this? Well, look, I I remember back in the day when we were doing the show and there was some discussion that Maryland was going to leave the ACC for the Big Ten. And I said, it probably won't be a big deal for basketball, but in football, it will be. And they probably will never have a year. Now, they have they actually did have a game where Dwayne Haskins came to College Park and they had an op- opportunity to upset them at the end. But Terrell Pegram missed a, a pass for a two point conversion. But in most years, it's going to be like this. Sixty six to 17 
is probably a representative score of those two okay. teams. That said, that yeah. said, you have a major athletic department. You've poured millions and millions into the stadium. You've got Kevin Plank of Under Armour as an alum backing the program. You've hired, you know, you've hired the top coaches you can find, and you're still so far away. At some point, does the university go? You know what? We're kind of wasting our time on football. They'll never yeah. say that, right? They'll never admit that, right? Probably not, and uh, and they're they're just really scooping up the money from the TV. I mean, whatever they bring in into the stands, yeah, I don't they, know how much they're it, scooping it, it up, but they're sending it right back out the door to try to be as good as the Big Ten's elite, and they're so far away. Like I just look at it like it has got to be humbling for those in the Maryland athletic department. Has to be. I would, I would think so, I, and I don't. I don't know. I mean, do, do you make a run at Nick Saban? I mean, how, how do you? No, <laughs> no. they're not going to get Nick Saban. That's the right, thing. exactly. So, so what do you do if you're Merrill? They mean, got Loxley, was one of the most well-regarded recruiters. They mm-hmm. got Atunga Vailoa, who was supposed mm-hmm. to be all that, and they just got their doors blown off in two straight weeks. Well, they, yeah, by by two teams who are going to be in the top five. Uh, mm-hmm. Iowa, as you say, is going to be number two. And what's uh, what, what, Ohio State was seven. What are they going to be now? They're going to be. Win? They're going to be high. They're yeah. going to be high. Mm-hmm. But I guess uh, if I'm Maryland, I'm looking at Iowa going. Why can't we be them? What do they have that we because, don't have? Because they're Iowa. They don't have any don't competition. Have a, no, but but I, we look it, most teams that are in major metropolitan areas don't have great football teams. You know, what is there a great New York area team? No. It Temple got clobbered by Cincinnati. Was it 55 to 3? Temple big school in Philadelphia. I mean, who, where are these yeah. big big cities that produce these type of football teams? They don't exist. Maybe Los Angeles. That's that's the only one. And that's a weird situation. Other right. than that, no. All right, let's pivot to baseball. I saw a tweet uh, from somebody by the name of Baseball Brit. And it was a picture of Costas now working for MLB Network with oh, yeah. um, with uh, Buck, Show, Buck Show Walter and Jim Cott. And yeah. the tweet was, "If MLB hopes to reach new fans, then this is not the best way to do it, in my opinion." You said, "Not so. This is a great booth." Defend the Altacockers, Andy. Well, this this led to a huge Twitter war, which I'm ashamed to say I got involved in. And you know who jumped in was uh, Charlie Slows, which was interesting. Charlie Slows, uh, <laughs> what did Charlie have to say about things? Well, he, he he took my side. I mean, guy's been doing Major League Baseball for 30 years, and uh, and and my position was, you know, there, somebody said something. Well, how are you going to attract new fans with these guys? Now, I happen to watch a lot of that broadcast on on friday and they i think they're great i mean i, I think yeah. jim, jim cott's 82 years old i think he's terrific show walter was good and costas to me is as good as it gets so i i really enjoyed that plus they had tom verducci doing dugouts and he's good too so i i like that the and, whole notion of old announcers driving away fans is yeah. ridiculous yeah al michaels at 73 is not driving anybody away from sunday night football not even yeah. his mediocre announcing with all his whiny calls and there's a <laughs> touchdown all right same thing for you know pat summerall back in the day nobody cared how old he was or right. Madden. and the notion of attracting viewers are you implying is the person implying in this tweet that somebody would hear through the grapevine hey i hear they got some young announcers on this upcoming 
baseball game at yeah. two in the afternoon. Hold everything. I'm gonna go watch. A Rod is like forty five. He sucks. He's terrible. I hate he doesn't him. do any homework and I... he embarrassed himself uh beyond belief in that wild card game the other night by by even suggesting that uh. Garrett Cole was in his second year. Andy, 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 embarrassment is not in his wheelhouse of things he's true. able to feel. He doesn't care. That's true. But yeah. but he, I mean, so there's a younger guy and he sticks. Okay. And what you had there was a good broadcast. And 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 then they said, Well, how are you going to bring in the next generation of fans? I said, I don't know. To me, play by play is play by play. Should they do it in song like an opera? Maybe that would bring in some fans. I mean, <laughs> how do you do it? To me, the best way to bring people in to watch a game is to have a really good broadcast crew. That, that and they, to me, are a really good broadcast crew. Yeah, they're old. So what? Are they entertaining me? Yes, they are. And and the game, you know, got to be lopsided towards the end and you know that's probably going to drive more people away than anything else but for a while it was a really good close game back and forth between the two teams yeah i'm not so worried about the next generation there are still kids that grow up and love baseball play baseball and they're into the sport it's like their favorite sport even more than football is for a lot of suburban kids because they feel like it's a sport they can relate to and they can maybe if their dreams come true play at the major league level they don't see right. themselves that way in basketball where they've got to be six foot nine or in football where they've got to be huge and fast and good and tough. They look at baseball as an accessible thing. In Wisconsin, there's such participation in baseball at the highest levels. There are several different like academies that are being built. Hitters is one, sticks is sure. another. They've got indoor batting cages, they got coaches, they got trainers. And they're completely independent of high schools and youth leagues. They're just parents who will send their kids to these places to get better at baseball. Right. The one thing they do have to do, though, is shorten the game. Uh, Of course. The game the other night was four hours and 15 minutes. (laughs) For a 2-1 game. Yeah, I looked. Well, this, no, this was the uh, this was the Dodger walk off game um, where they had the walk off home run. Yeah, it it was two one. Was uh, it three? I think it was the final was three one, but three yeah. okay three one yeah. So it was three one yeah. It was a low scoring nine inning game that took four hours and fifteen fucking minutes. Yeah. So I looked this up, and Game Seven of the nineteen sixty World Series, Bill Mazarowski walk off home run, Pirates ten, Yankees nine. There were seventy three men sent to the plate, I believe, in that game, and that game was over in two hours and thirty six minutes. Jesus, ten so, nine. 236. My proposal is this. No warm-up pitches for the new pitcher that comes in. 60-second pitching change. Well, here's here's mine. And, and <laughs> that, that'll and start by nipping, you know, away at some of it. It won't solve all the problems, well, but it would it would a, be a start at least. Here's the radical one and it's it worked it work just like pitch, softball. Pitch clock. You got two two strikes, you foul one off, you're out. Oh Jesus, mm-hmm. Andy. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Yeah. No. I, no. I can't stand watching these guys foul off twenty pitches. I know it's you know it's a when it's a late at bat and there's a lot of drama and all that, but that's, it goes forever. Andy, that's the essence of baseball. Mm, I don't know if it's the essence. Yes, of baseball. it is. Mm. It's hanging in there. It's it's the overmatched pinch hitter, the middle infielder, probably named Escobar. <laughs> which is Smith in Latin America. And and he's there, and he's just fighting off some dude who should be unhittable. Foul ball, foul ball, foul ball. Wait, take a ball, and then finally gets a hit. That's it. The hanging in there. You can't change that. You just got to make him work 
quicker. Fewer commercials. No fucking warm-up pitches. 60-second changes in the bullpen. You want to switch a pitcher out? Guess what? You got a bullpen cart. You got 60 seconds. Let's go. Uh, anyway. Maybe. All right. Uh, real quick. John Gruden is in some deep Ooh. shit right now. Ooh, yes. When I saw the comments, and I, by now I think everybody knows what they are, but when I saw the, for, I first saw the ticker, John Gruden in trouble for email that was sent about DeMora Smith in 2011, and I was just on the bottom of my screen on Friday night, and I was like, oh boy, what is this? And then I saw the comments on Saturday morning, I said, holy fucking shit, what is wrong with John Gruden to make a personal attack on DeMora Smith, to call him Dumb Morris... And then to say that his lips were as big as Michelin tires reveals a darker side to him that makes me go, what is fucking wrong with you, man? So what is the league going to do now? Because Gruden is like this, not necessarily lovable, but he is this known character in the league. What's going to happen? That's a good question. And uh, not that he's in the league right now, but how about the guy on the other end of that email? who uh, didn't react, it appears, Bruce Allen. I mean, uh, oh, what about what I didn't about know that. that. I, didn't, I didn't even know that that was who it was, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, this was when uh, Allen would have been early in his tenure with the Washington franchise. And uh, this is Gruden, I guess, was doing television at that time with uh, ESPN. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to do uh, or wh- what they'll do. Uh, I did see they, they, they put out a statement from the Raiders, uh, you know, admonishing – uh, Gruden for saying that, but uh, don't they have a game today? Um, they do. I look. Uh, I I I do not believe in throwing people away. I hate cancel culture, but this is one that is a little bit different because the comments are so egregious and so just needless. I mean, Demora Smith is not dumb. He's very smart. He's done the best job I think any union head could do with a union that is so disjointed because quarterbacks make a ton and they've got a lifespan of 20 years. Everyone else doesn't make a ton, and they've got a lifespan of four years. Try getting all those groups together in one direction, right, when yeah, it comes yeah, well, to collective bargaining. So and just he just got, that. just got the green light from yes. the players to uh, to continue. That was a little bit shaky, and, and you know, he, he, he has been criticized, and I have been somewhat critical of him, too, be, be, being willing <clears throat> to accept the 17-game schedule. And I think inevitably 18, but yes, it's a tough job. I understand. But to make a personal attack like that and to make one that is a a long-known racist trope is really, really bad. Well, and, you know, what happens in the locker room to to the African-American players look at them and go, well, what do you think of my lips, coach? I mean, it's it's, it's not a a good situation. And uh, and I don't don't know how you know. He claims that the uh, Michelin reference – is oh, not to the yeah. it is to that he says anyone who lies has rubber lips, rubber which is something lips. I've never heard before. You? Yeah. No, no, no. Get get the fuck out of here with that nonsense. I'm not buying that for a second. Well, we'll see. I th- my other thought, and I know this is this is trivial, but this is just how I think. I'm like, did this just kill Caliendo's act doing Gruden? <laughs> Can well, he still do Gruden, given that he is? Currently, persona non grata. That's a good question. I hadn't really <laughs> considered it that far. Um, he's he's got some others that that he does really well. Now he does the best Parcells I've ever seen. It's really good. Now Parcells it, is is it, out too. But. It is pretty good. But the 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 Gruden is his new Madden. That's his yeah. bread and butter. Right, right. right. Tell you what, uh, knock on wood if you're with me. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, <sighs> you know, okay. he's got Arians down, too, and Arians is the defending Super Bowl champion coach. Yeah, so. Arians uh, doesn't uh, move the needle, though. Come on. Well, let's look. The last thing I'm thinking about is holding a benefit for Kelly. I, 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 I know that, Andy. I'm just saying. And then the one last story that I had to pull aside just for you. Apparently, another professional women's soccer league is teetering on the brink of going under. What this is awful. earth is going on? And this involves uh, abuse of the players, yeah. according right. to those speaking out. This is the new, what league is this called? The National Women's Soccer League. Right, and it's it's being propped up by U.S. soccer. You know, they're, they're behind it, and they think it's good to have a professional league, which it is. Uh, but it's it's amazing that how, how many of these teams have been run by men and coached by men. And there is the these allegations of abuse by the men. And a lot of the women have been afraid to speak up because of the league's, you know, tenuous, you know, existence that all the other women's soccer leagues have folded. So they've been hesitant to speak up. But it's it's a it's a ridiculous situation. They had a coach for uh, the Washington team. They fired him. Uh, the owner, smacking of, of Dan Snyder to a great degree, uh, stepped down as CEO but isn't selling the team. I mean, it's it's a real mess. Yeah. A women's professional soccer in this country is like Don Quixote <laughs> jousting at windmills. It's just the impossible thing that keeps – they keep trying. And I get it because there's always this feel-good surge after World Cups and after the Olympics. And we got so many girls out there playing soccer – you think, why can't we have a pro league? Apparently, it's well, the steepest mountain to climb. It, it is. Part of it, the help is the new stadiums. Like, they, you know, they've got Audi Field in D.C., but it's 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 a whole, it's a tough putt. It really is. All right, Atlanta's now up 17 nothing on the Jets. Don't tell the Brits we don't send our best over there. We, <laughs> we don't. <laughs> All right, Andy, enjoy football. We'll talk to you next week. Hi, right, Zay. Take care. All right, let's end on this. Yeah, you're damn right, Wisconsin. You have a drinking problem. 24-7 Wall Street, some publication, published a list of the 50 drunkest counties in America. This based on data from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation and the University of Wisconsin. And when placed on a map, you see a cluster of red For the heaviest drinking counties in the country. And they're basically all in the state of Wisconsin. Unbelievable. There's, let's see, one, two, there's about four or five red dots in Iowa. There's one red dot of a county in Minnesota, one in one or two in North Dakota, and maybe one big one in South. Dakota. Everywhere else, blank. As Homer Simpson once said, you have a drinking problem. Keep it reasonable, Wisconsin. Keep it reasonable. That'll do it for us today. Remember, join me for the Wooft and the Packers, the final goodbye tailgate. Uh, Get your tickets now before they're sold out. Call 866-454-4514. That is two weeks from yesterday, the 24th of October. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Full recap of the NFL Week 5 tomorrow right here on the Zabecast. We will see you next time. Wake me up.
Winning season returns at mybookie.ag, and it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower, ba-boom, to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the week season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on-site to make winning this season your best ever with MyBookie. With a historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than MyBookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing and sign up with MyBookie and use our promo code ZABE. That's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code ZABE and making your first deposit today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie, and when you win, get paid.